Welcome to The Spin Cycle. I'm Maggie Sarachek. And I'm Abby Greenberg. And together we are the Anxiety Sisters. Anxiety Sisters, and welcome to our show. Today, we are going to be talking about an exciting treatment relatively new to the mental health community. It's called transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS, and it is showing real promise as a possible alternative to medication, which, as we Anxiety Sisters know, can come with a whole host of unpleasant side effects. We've read a lot about using TMS to manage treatment-resistant depression, but our guest today is going to talk with us about other possibilities as well. Dr. Aaron Tendler received his MD with distinction in research from SUNY Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn and trained in psychiatry at the University of Chicago. He's board certified in general psychiatry and sleep medicine. Dr. Tendler is also the chief medical officer of Brainsway, the manufacturer of the deep transcranial magnetic stimulation systems approved for major depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. He's also a practicing psychiatrist and clinical researcher in Palm Beach, Florida. And we are really, really grateful for his time today. Welcome, Dr. Tendler. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So the first question we have is, could you just explain to us what is uh, TMS and how does it work? Exactly like you said, TMS stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. And what it is, it uses uh, Faraday's law or it uses the principles of physics to use magnetic pulses to generate a current or to generate and uh, neurons to fire. So every time there is a magnetic pulse and the device or the coil of the magnet is over on top or is, is laying on top of an area where there are neurons, specifically the cells of the brain, which can conduct electricity, it causes that area of the brain to fire. So if, for example, we want uh, the brain in the, the specific area that's responsible for anxiety to mm-hmm. fire, we make the machine or the magnet pulse one time or two times or three times at a certain rate, and that modulates or that affects that area of the brain. Scientists have been studying the brain for a long time, and they know which areas of the brain have changes in people that have specific neurological or psychiatric conditions. So whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's OCD, whether it's PTSD, we can address those specific areas of the brain and try to modulate or change the uh, electrical activity that we think is abnormal in those areas using this, you know, these pulsed magnetic treatments. It sounds a little bit like electroconvulsive therapy in the sense that, you know, the idea of using electricity, is it, is it related to that at all? You're correct. The most effective treatment that we have in psychiatry, uh, it's for a specific reason, obviously, the, that we use it, but the most effective treatment in psychiatry 
is for treatment resistant depression or psychotic depression or sometimes for for mania is electroconvulsive therapy but electroconvulsive therapy is also very burdensome and in when we because of the fact that when you give the electroconvulsive therapy the person has to undergo anesthesia and you give direct electricity to the brain and you cause the person to have a seizure for about 30 seconds and it's done usually three times a week in the hospital and the person because they're having you know frequent seizures uh, they get significant side effects like they can't really remember much that occurs around the period of the time that they're getting the treatments so they're not allowed to drive for a couple of weeks and they can't really get involved in any sort of binding legal contracts and they generally can't work around that period of time but the concept of using the electrical activity in the brain and treating it with electricity is the very effective approach what we're doing here is we're not causing the whole brain to fire we're causing only an area of the brain uh, or a certain percentage of the neurons to fire and we use Instead of using direct electricity, we're using these magnetic pulses, which just stimulate an area of the neurons in the brain, and we don't cause a seizure. By not causing a seizure, the person doesn't have those cognitive side effects. So the person can drive to the treatment and then drive home or drive to work and so on. Does this hurt when it's being done? Does it hurt the person? So it's not a pleasant experience. Actually, the sensation is kind of like someone's tapping on your head, you know, with, with their fingers or with, or with their hand. And about one in three people experiences uh, this discomfort, which is tolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say most people will not really feel like this is a significant discomfort after the first few treatments. It's pretty rare for people to drop out, like to stop this treatment because of the pain. You know, probably somewhere around 8% of people will discontinue the treatment. Um, And in private practice, I suppose it somewhat relates to your relationship with the person who's giving the treatment. It's It's done by an operator, a person that's sitting with you in the room while you're getting the treatment. So it's always Um, done in an office. This treatment is generally done... Uh, for depression. It's approved by the FDA or cleared by the FDA for people who have tried a medication and the medication hasn't worked for them. Every insurance pays for this treatment, but generally it's restricted to people who failed several medications. It depends on which, you know, what your insurance is, but generally if you've tried four medications, pretty much every insurance will pay for it. And you go to your doctor's office or to a local center that has TMS, and it will be done in one of the rooms in the doctor's office. There'll be a machine that uh, they'll put the, the, the magnet on the head, and there'll be someone with you in the room while they're giving you the treatment. And the treatment will last usually on, around in and out the door of 30 minutes, usually. And generally, the course of treatment is done five days a week for a period of several weeks. Mm-hmm. Insurances usually pay for 36 treatments. Okay. For example, in general, the way uh, I do the treatment is like it was done in the multicenter study that we did, which was five days a week for four weeks, followed by twice a week for 12 weeks, 
We also did another study that, that showed that it also works if you do it three days a week. Uh, some people do it five days a week for six weeks, and then they do it, you know, uh, the next week, four, three days a week, the next week, two days a week, the next week, once a week. So there are many different ways people do this treatment, but in general, you do it in, in a more concentrated fashion initially, and then, and then a, a little bit less concentrated. And in general, for depression, about 40% of people will get better at the end of the first four weeks. And another 40% of people will take another month to get better. Wow. So, and these are of the people who didn't get better from right. four medications. When you say getting better, do they need follow-up treatments? Like how long does the sort of getting better last generally? So it's a great question. You're asking more about the durability or like how, yeah. how long does this last? So it's somewhat variable and we don't know what that depends on, but it's in general, it lasts between one and three years. But I think there's certainly some people who it won't last even half a year. We don't know what it is about those people, uh, but they can certainly get retreatment and they'll get better just the same. I want to ask a quick question because I, I wonder if our listeners are, one, are thinking about this too, but I'm trying to envision, is this a helmet that you wear? The device is a coil or, or a magnet in, which is placed inside a helmet. So the coil essentially wraps the head. Yeah, are there so side effects called, from the treatment? Uh, yes. So the, again, the most common side effects are some discomfort or pain or headaches from the treatment. It literally feels like someone's tapping you on the head. Um, and that's the most common side effect. Does that tend to go away as soon as you're done with the treatment? Well, the, generally the, the headache is temporary. Usually it doesn't last more than you know, a short time after the actual treatment session. Generally people would take an, you know, a painkiller like uh, ibuprofen or you know, acetaminophen uh, like Tylenol or Advil uh, for it and it would get better. There's always some exceptions, and those might be the people who wouldn't continue with this treatment. There would be a small percentage of people, not, not like one in three, but maybe four out of 100 people might feel that it's too painful for them and they wouldn't want to stick with it. And would that be um, the only contraindication, or are there other people who shouldn't consider this type of treatment? That wouldn't be a contraindication, but I wouldn't recommend for someone who has an intractable headache uh, from the treatment that they stick with it because if you're getting terrible, terrible headaches, that's going to cause you to get depression all by itself, right? So right. I wouldn't recommend it. But a contraindication would mean that you absolutely cannot get the treatment. There's only one absolute contraindication. The absolute contraindication uh, for transcranial magnetic stimulation is if you have ferromagnetic or conductive material inside the skull. So an example of that would be if someone has a cochlear implant, uh, which would be like a, an implant that helps for if you can't hear and you got the surgery for a cochlear implant, or if someone has a special type of uh, wires that were put in because they have uh, an unusual type of pain in the back of the head and they put in some wires um, or if someone has a, a deep brain stimulator for Parkinson's, so they have an implant in the head, those people 
the when when you would do TMS on them, it would also affect the metal inside the head. It would cause conduction there, so you couldn't do that. If you have metal, for example, in the neck or metal in the teeth or you know something like that, you would be okay. Titanium, that anything that's MRI safe is okay with TMS. So you mentioned something about that it also can be helpful for obsessive compulsive disorder. Correct. Transcranial magnetic stimulation is FDA cleared for two things, which are depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. The actual device is different because it has to stimulate a different area in the brain. And for to, to treat depression, you're generally treating more of the left frontal area and some of the right frontal area and a little bit of the medial area. For the obsessive compulsive disorder, you're treating a more midline and a deeper structure called uh, the anterior cingulate cortex. I don't know if I can ask you this, but have you noticed any effects on anxiety just from your clinical trials or just from you using it on patients? So, you know, anxiety is a very broad term, which I don't yeah. need to tell you guys, you guys yeah. about, but like you can ask about panic attacks or you can right. ask about... Right generalized anxiety disorder, or you can ask about post-traumatic stress disorder. Probably the most common type that we see is what we call anxious distress that comes along with major depressive disorder. The people that don't have a separate anxiety disorder, but they're, they have this, when they're depressed, they're anxious. The straightforward answer to your question is, is that people, when their depression gets better, typically their anxiety gets better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are some so. people who do not get better with the same protocol just for the depression protocol and they need a separate protocol or a separate stimulation pattern for anxiety. And there are, you know, small studies that tell uh, doctors how to do, how to treat people's anxiety. Uh, But obviously the most evidence that we have is for OCD and the most evidence that we have is for depression, uh, but we do believe that uh, those other types of anxiety can also be addressed uh, by doctors with TMS if they need to. Okay. That's really, really exciting. It is. So I, so I have a question. So if I'm on medication, I can still try TMS, correct? There's no medication that's, that's problematic with TMS. We dose it to the individual person's neurons. So there's an area in the brain that controls movement, like movement of the hand or movement of the foot. And we dose the the transcranial magnetic stimulation by putting the magnet over that area and giving a pulse. And we see what's the minimum amount of power that it takes to move a, a muscle, to move like the thumb. And as long as the person's been on whatever medications they are for a while, um, we don't have to adjust the intensity of the device. Now, if someone keeps changing their medications, then we would, we would have to keep adjusting the intensity of the, of the treatment. So in general, you could be on any medication. You just shouldn't switch your medications during the treatment. So can TMS replace, let's say, Prozac? If you, I mean, I have OCD and I take Prozac for that OCD. If I did TMS, would that allow me to get off the Prozac possibly or would it allow me to lessen my dose? 
Well, these are great questions. Um, I think we we know of people, as far as depression is concerned, that have done things like that. It's not very common. I think uh, as far as OCD is concerned, I don't really know anyone who's who's tried it, but it certainly wouldn't be uh, an unreasonable thing to attempt if the person was willing to pay for it. Right. So the idea is that it, it is possible that it that you could get those effects that would allow you to be off your medication. But if your insurance doesn't cover it, then we're probably talking about thousands of dollars, I'm guessing. Yes, I think it would be a course of treatment that would cost thousands of dollars. And then you, the durability of the treatment uh, would be in the order of somewhere between one and three years. Are you willing to do it again in that period of time? What I should say about TMS, and I think it sounds like you appreciate it, but I want to make sure everybody else appreciates it, is that TMS is a treatment. It's not a cure. So keep that in mind and have the correct expectations from TMS. How long is TMS sort of in the form that your company, Brainsway, uses it? How long has that been around? Let me sit, tell, talk about all of TMS. So TMS okay. was discovered or invented in England by someone named Charles Barker in 1984. So that's quite a while ago. And he used a coil that was just a circle. And he, he demonstrated that you could move someone's thumb with a magnetic pulse. That was in 1984. And then a, a little bit later, like in the mid-90s, someone who we consider the, the father of TMS and He's in the United States, a man named Mark Georgia. He de demonstrated this antidepressant effect, and he was using a, a coil that was shaped like a figure eight, okay? And then subsequently, a company by the name of Neuronetics used a figure eight type of coil with a, an iron core, uh, and they got FDA approval for that that type of a coil for the treatment of depression. That was in October of 2008. And then Brainsway got uh, FDA clearance in January of 2013 for this helmet type of treatment or series of wires that conform to the shape of the head and stimulate a much broader and deeper area for treatment-resistant depression and then in 2018, it's for obsessive compulsive disorder. Brainsway is the only company that has that product for, the, for OCD, right? That's correct. So if someone's interested in this, you know, we have anxiety sisters that live all over the country and all over the world, actually. How do they go about finding, you know, a practitioner who, who can do this for them? It's uh, a great question. So the best way is to go on the Brainsway website. There's a provider directory. So you just put in your zip code or your city. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'd say there are around 500 locations that offer the depression coil. And there's around, there are around 200 locations that offer the OCD coil. And every you know, quarter, they're probably at around 40 more locations. Any doctor can get them in their office. You know, it's just takes a little bit of time to train them and get them installed. It's, it's available all over the place in the United States. And that's brainsway.com, correct? Correct, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. They have, it's a really great website with a lot for those of you who are science wonks like me, great research on that website. If you're interested in reading about TMS and deep TMS, which is, I guess the technology that they're using for OCD, right? Correct. Yeah. So I have a question. Maggie and I go to conferences a lot and we always come across individuals with either caps or little um, gadgets that you can attach to your earlobes or somewhere to your head that's supposed to provide you with some kind of stimulation. It, it sounds like it's somehow related to the TMS idea, but certainly not as sophisticated as the machinery that you're talking about. But they, there's like a lot of little companies out there that are trying to sell... Devices you can bring home Exactly, a device like a cap you can wear on your head. But we just wanted to know if you've heard of these things and what are these things? <laughs> there are treatments that every time you give the treatment, you know that you are causing a neuron to fire. Right. Um, and those treatments include deep brain stimulation and transcranial magnetic stimulation, okay? When you do the, tr the, the treatments that you guys are talking about, mm -hmm. these are non-depolarizing treatments. So basically, it's sort of like taking a 9-volt battery, attaching two wires to it. It's actually weaker than that, but attaching two wires to it and like putting it on your head or putting it on your earlobe. It's not enough to cause the neuron to fire, but it may make the neurons, the brain, more likely to fire. None of those treatments, whether you're, you're talking about uh, Fisher-Wallace or AlphaStim or all these devices, they've never been shown to work for people with treatment-resistant disorders. Now, right. they may work for someone who, for example, has uh, depression or has anxiety, and they took a medicine and it worked, but they had some sexual side effects or they never were treated. They have depression or they have insomnia and they never got any medication. Right. So, so these treatments, they might work for them. So if you kind of have like a mild case or a very non-resistant case, these kind of uh, modulating treatments that are non-depolarizing, they might work for you. But if you have a case that's resistant, meaning you tried Prozac and it didn't work, you tried Zoloft right. and it didn't work. You shouldn't bother with these Fisher-Wallace and AlphaStim and whatever right. company because that's, it's not going to work. So what's, what's next for Brainsway? What are they working on now? So we uh, finished this study um, that had positive results and it was announced uh, using a different type of coil stimulating a different area of the brain for people that are addicted to cigarette smoking, nicotine addicts. Oh, wow. um, and we are submitting that to the Food and Drug Administration, to the FDA. So uh, we are also doing a study in some other areas of addiction and also in, in, in non-psychiatric areas like fatigue and multiple sclerosis. Oh, wow. Um, what about overeating? We're asking well, for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Okay, yeah. so... Obesity or food addiction is the biggest health problem we have in the United States, without a question. Mm -hmm. uh, we would love to do something. We just haven't, we're not there yet. Maggie and I volunteer for your overeating study. <laughs> exactly. I thought it was a friend. Yeah, okay. oh, sorry, no, 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 our friends. Yeah, our, our yeah friends. We're, we're asking for each other. Right. <laughs> <We're the> friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> we could sit here and talk to you all day long about this stuff, but we know that you have patients to get back to and research to get back to. So we just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. We really appreciate you sharing your expertise with our listeners. Once again, this is Dr. Aaron Tendler. He's the Chief Medical Officer of Brainsway. You can find out more about Brainsway and deep transcranial magnetic stimulation at brainsway.com. Thank you very much. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and at our website, www.anxietysisters.com. And if you have feedback, especially compliments, but really any feedback or questions or really an idea for a podcast, please, please email us. And we also would so appreciate it if you like this podcast, if you could rate it. Yes, on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere that you're getting this podcast, that would be wonderful. We're trying to get the word out to more anxiety sisters out there. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, anxiety anxiety sisters. Oh, geez, man. We can't do it. We did it for 20 episodes. Okay, can we do can we do like one more then you do one word? All right, go. Okay, let's try it. Anxiety sisters. Don't go it alone. Yay. <laughs> we are gonna lose subscribers, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> okay, good. That's a wrap. Okay. You've been listening to the spin cycle. An Anxiety Sisters production. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.